Welcome to the Sineos Health Podcast Maps Edition. I'm Suma Ramadas from Sineos Health, and I lead medical affairs here. In this series, we spoke to industry experts at the Global Annual Maps Meeting in March. Through these conversations, we focused in on the impact and value of medical affairs today, where the industry is heading, and how we are going to get there. As medical affairs continues to evolve, so have the acumen required for medical affairs professionals and leaders to succeed. Today, I sit down with Jackie Tesh from Taylor Strategy Partners to discuss the new profile of medical affairs, how recruiting for these roles has changed, and challenges in finding the right fit. I am with Taylor Strategy Partners, a managing director, and we are the direct hire arm of Cineos Health. Hi, Jackie. Welcome. We talk a lot about the new profile of medical affairs, meaning in the past, medical affairs professionals and leaders were primarily scientific driven and focused a lot on the clinical science and not necessarily how it translated into the commercial space. We're seeing more and more over the years now that medical affairs professionals have to have much more of business acumen, really understand how to think strategically, forward-looking ensure that what they're doing three, five years before launch is really affecting the commercialization, the trajectory of launch in the future. Would you agree with this assessment? I would. I would. I think they're taking much more of an active role in working with the commercial business and even much more on the compliance side as well and really understanding that engagement. In terms of over the last three to five years, what was recruiting like for medical affairs professionals back then versus what are the changes that you're seeing over time? You know, the industry has gotten a lot more competitive, obviously. I think the candidates are becoming smarter on their career choices. And I think it's more so our role and job as well to help educate our clients in what that landscape looks like today. And then if you look back to how you were able to recruit or where you went, are you changing the places that you're looking or is it truly individuals that have been parts of medical affairs organizations and leadership roles for a long time or are you thinking outside the box? You know, for me personally, in the levels that we recruit, it is kind of the traditional medical affairs professional. However, we are encouraging our clients to maybe look outside of the box, especially when it comes to like MSLs, because that is such a tight space, helping them maybe understand that a good clinician or a pharmacist or a nurse practitioner or somebody that's in that space can maybe transform into an MSL with the right mentorship from the organization. How have you seen the changes in the same way applied to medical affairs leadership professionals over the last couple of years? Again, we try to focus on the standard, but we also want to help educate our clients in understanding that they have to look outside of the box a little bit. I mean, supply and demand is so high right now. So helping them understand, hey, if you bring somebody in and you acclimate them or mold them to continue to move into the organization, that's going to be a future outlook for that company within a five to seven year time frame. Sometimes it is about the early education or sometimes a client will say, hey, this is what I'm looking for, but yet they can't check every single box because of our supply and demand issues. So then we have an opportunity to say, hey, okay, if we uncheck one or two boxes, what does that look like for you? And how can we get them to that point where we can get them to check that box? And what can we do? We have to, either from a recruiting perspective or even from a client organization perspective, we have to start thinking about how we're going to bring new people into this space and 
basically train them up so they're going to be successes. So the investment into the candidates matter early on in order to help them grow and shape into what the organization is going to need in the future. Exactly. Exactly. So I'd like to take a little deeper dive into this new profile of medical affairs leadership as we were talking about. Would you agree that five, seven years ago, when you look for a medical affairs leader, it's really focusing on the scientific acumen of the individual? Yes. Yes. I mean, it was pretty all scientifically focused. Now we have to really start looking at the business as a whole, the commercial side, how that all integrates together, how that engagement happens. So again, it's additional skills that companies are really going to have to start focusing on. If you were thinking about how that profile has changed, what would you say the top two or three skill sets would be now for a medical affairs leader to be successful within an organization? While science is always going to be important, the focus is now shifting to a much more strategic and agile leader, someone who is able to help define an asset strategy much earlier within the life cycle and translate the downstream implications to their cross-functional colleagues. A second skill that we find equally important is that while external influence has always been critical for the role. The ability to influence internally is far outshadowing that. So medical affairs leaders need to be able to translate and integrate across their cross-functional colleagues, whether that's for scientific interpretation, timing and deployment of resources, or the strategic direction of an asset. So it really sounds like for a medical affairs professional or leader to now be successful, it's about the ability to, as you said, think strategically, be more agile in that thinking, and ensure that they're able to influence internally as well as externally. So the million-dollar question, how would one test for that when you're recruiting? In the past, we would test strictly on skills and science, but more so today, we are testing on behaviors can they be strategic? Can they influence? And we can test for those things. And we actually have now incorporated an assessment process that will help determine those. So you have essentially a behavioral assessment that you use with your candidates. We do. It really sounds like you've adapted your recruiting techniques to react to this dynamic environment that we find ourselves in, especially as medical affairs leaders are becoming more and more prominent within the organization and the industry at large, and also because their profile is completely changing. Thanks for spending the time with us today. We look forward to hearing more from your team. Thank you. Likewise. Thank you, Suma. So that's all for this episode of the Cineos Health Podcast Maps Edition. I'm your host, Suma Ramadas. Be sure to check out the other episodes in the series, as well as topics across the product development lifecycle. You can do this by subscribing to the Cineos Health Podcast, which can be found wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you.